is Vision Sunday. Wow. The honor that I have to cast vision today, the honor I have to be able to share what's deep inside of our hearts and what I see, and I believe it's going to be a powerful, powerful time. So why don't we pray? Let's believe God. Let's get right into the message. I have a lot to say today, and uh, we are just believing God for His highest and best. Father, thank you for this great opportunity we have to be in church today. Whether we're here in the room or joining us online, thank you for all these gifts, all these nationalities, all these ages, all these backgrounds, all the various people that you've brought from every walk of life here to International Family Church. We are so grateful and we're so thankful today because what we're about to hear is going to inspire us, it's going to motivate us, it's going to make us want to run, it's going to make us want to go after God's highest and best, stretch ourselves, get out of our comfort zone. Father, thank you for challenging us. Thank you for loving us so much that you refuse to leave us the way we are. You want us to grow and be the best that we can possibly be. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise, for you're the only one that's worthy of it all. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Again, welcome to Vision Sunday today. If you're a first-time guest today, you're brand new to IFC, man, what a perfect Sunday to be at International Family Church. This is the greatest Sunday to be able to hear the heart and soul of International Family Church. If you've been here a little while or maybe a long time, it's good to hear again and be reminded of what God has done for us here at International Family Church. Man, it's just a great day to be in church on a Sunday. Amen. We just believe it's going to be well worth your time being with us today. Let's talk a little bit about vision for a few moments because it is Vision Sunday. Let's turn to, I believe, the most famous scripture in the Bible regarding vision in Proverbs 29, 18. It says this, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. That word redemptive is very important. When that word redemptive means when something is life-giving, something that represents God, it represents God's love, God's master plan for man's salvation. Anything that's redemptive um, or anything that has a revelation, a redemptive revelation, revelation simply means illumination, means the window open, means uh, light comes, it's progressive, it's, it's something that's ongoing. It's something that you need to understand. And I pray today the lights go off today. I pray that the windows of your mind and of your heart open up today. I pray that you are flooded with illumination today to hear the heart of God for your local church, to hear your pastor's heart today, this God-honoring vision. Where there is no vision, where there is no illumination, where the window isn't open, when the light is not on, no understanding of God's master plan for man's salvation happens, and the Bible says people perish. Other translations say they run wild or they are unrestrained. The word perish there means to be scattered abroad and put into confusion. Do you know some confused folks? Do you know some folks that are running wild? Do you know some folks that are unrestrained? whether outside the church, inside the church, is because they lack a redemptive revelation. You get a redemptive revelation, you're not running wild. You're not unrestrained. You're not confused. You're not perishing. Your life is thriving. Amen. So vision is an ongoing redemptive revelation of God's love for mankind. And because it is redemptive in nature, that means it's totally unselfish. Therefore, a vision from God, an on uh, a God-honoring vision should always be focused on helping humanity, always building somebody else up. Vision is that compelling picture of your future that won't leave you alone. It's the dream that won't die. It's the passion that can't be subsided, right? It's the ability to see beyond the majority. Vision sees what should be, not what is. Vision is not limited to the, the status quo. It's not business as usual. When, when vision comes, it stirs us up. It makes us uncomfortable. It challenges us. It provokes us. It's that sharp stick called truth that absolutely causes us to rise up. God gave us vision so we wouldn't have to live solely by what we see. 
If you live solely by what you see, you're living a very limited life. If you're, if you're living your life only based upon what's in front of you, only what your checkbook says, only what your husband says, only what your wife says, only what your bills say, only what your present circumstances say, you are living way beneath your, your rights. If all you see is the job you have or the amount of money you're making, God gave you vision so you wouldn't have to live solely by what you see in your life. Man, that's so profound. Amen. Now, each year, we do our best, best to hear clearly about God's mandate for a brand new year. We believe it's very important that we hear from God and then declare the best that we know how that mandate. Last year's mandate was secure the foundations, if you recall. Matthew 7, Jesus taught us a very important principle about foundations and, and about every area of your life that this applies to, that the final destination of the house, your life, your marriage, your children, your church, your business, it doesn't rest on the house alone, but it rests on its foundation. Amen. The quality of the foundation. We said the quality of the foundation determines the size and strength of the building. Amen. So we took that mandate very seriously, and all last year we've been working hard organizationally, administratively, um, spiritually. We've been working hard to secure the foundation. Amen. New job descriptions, job descriptions for future opportunities and, and, and systems and, and how as a growing church to continue to, to grow and, and make disciples and, and treat people well and to keep track of, of the numbers and so on and so forth. So we've been working hard at this and securing the foundation is obviously an ongoing process. It's not something that you stop. It's, a, it's, it's, it's progressive and so we will continue to work on our foundation as I encourage you to continually working on your foundation. Amen. So even in the midst of securing our foundation, we've had a record-breaking year. Isn't that amazing? The numbers that we see, and that's only part of the numbers. And guess what? To God be the glory, great things He has done. Amen. Now question, as a foundation becomes more and more secure, what do you suppose the next step is? Build. There's a platform now to do what? Build on. There's a platform now to do what? To expand, to grow, to increase. Amen. Uh, greater opportunities, uh, faithfulness and fruitfulness and abundance. And Pastor Tim Schmidt, a uh, good friend of ours and someone I highly respect uh, from Rochester, New York, uh, said this to me in the first of the year. He said, I was praying for IFC and the Lord gave me two words for you. He said, significant advances. I don't know about you, but I receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Mandate 2018. You ready? Come dream with us. Come dream with us. Amen. I believe it's time to blow off the dust of that dream that lies dormant. I believe it's time for some of you to dream again. I believe for still others, it's time for you to dream a bigger dream. You haven't dreamt a big dream in years. Maybe it's been years since you've ever even dreamt. It's time to dream again. I was 27 years old. Verna was 26 years old when we started this church. Man, amazing, right? All we had was a dream. Two babies, no money, no car, not much in the natural, but something burning in our hearts right? Living with my in-laws, driving my father-in-law's beat up 69 blue Chevy with the blue smoke blowing out the back. And I made hospital visitations with my MBTA pass. Didn't look like much. Didn't have much in the natural, but we were rich in our hearts. You know why? We had a dream from God. We had a divine expectation. We had set the course of a compelling future that if God was going to pull it off, it had to be God. It couldn't be these two little Italians making this happen. It can only be God doing it. See, that's the power of a dream. That's the power when you know you've got a dream in your heart that's redemptive in nature, that's all about people, it's not about you. Amen. See, too many people don't dream big enough. I believe little thinkers live little lives. And people who cannot conceive anything beyond what they can see with their natural eyes miss out on God's highest and best. 
See, we have a big dream here at IFC, and our dreams are growing and expanding, and we need you more than ever to come dream with us this year. Amen. Don't you dare let the devil lie to you that you're not important to us here at IFC. John 10.10, the Message Bible, this paraphrase is awesome. It says this, a thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. But here's what Jesus says. I came so they can have real and eternal life more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Jesus came to give you a better life than you ever dreamed of. Jesus came to give you more life than you ever dreamed of. Imagine that where you are right now, as dissatisfied or not happy as you might be today, that Jesus came to give you a better life, better than you ever dreamed of, more life, more than you ever dreamed of. Amen. Don't you dare let your circumstances right now limit you and tell you that's your lot in life. You'll always be there. There's nothing you can do about it. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. See, when we're dreaming God's dream together, we're dangerous. I've learned the bigger the dream, the more important the team. So we need you more than ever to come dream with us. In fact, we so believe that this is our season to dream bigger than ever before as a church that we announced at our recent volunteer appreciation breakfast that we are changing the name of our teams from I serve teams to dream teams. We believe it fits better. From now on, we're going to call you dream team. The dream team that says, you know what? I want to dream God's dream. I don't want to be limited to my present circumstances. I want to improve the area that I work in, the area that I volunteer in. I want to do a better job with kids and teenagers and our students and our adults and our, 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 our guest services and on and on and on it goes. Amen. We can do so much better. And may I be the first person to invite you to join a dream team this year. We need you to dream with us this year. Amen. What could we accomplish if each of us decided to dream God's dream, what could we accomplish today and throughout this next year? Now, I want to share with you today some things that are in my heart. I've entitled this message, The Church I See. The Church I See. I believe it's important that you understand the motivation. What is my motivation? Where do my thoughts and my dreams come from? What motivates me? What is the filter or the lens, if you will, that I look at life. When I see you, what's my lens that I see you? When I see you, what is my filter that I see you? What, what is it in me that I see through? You need to know my motivation. If I'm going to be your pastor, amen, you need to understand where my motivation comes from. Now see, every one of us have lenses and filters that we look at life through, right? You do. We all do. If your filter and your lens is healthy, then guess what? You'll see life as it is. Amen. If your filters and your lenses are unhealthy, you'll not see life as it is. You see life as you are. So it's imperative that we are always working at improving and growing the filters of our life, how we view our life. Some of us view our life from our past and from abuse and from a hurt, painful, discouraged place. And, 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 and you'll not see the life that's all around you or the plan that God has for you. We all see it through our lenses. But let me take a few minutes and tell you about mine. The main lens I see through is this. Here's the lens I see through. I see it. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. How many times have you heard that? Amen. It's not about building a great church. For 36 years, I have never tried to build a great church. But we have worked tirelessly to build great people. What would happen if you finally believed there's greatness in you? What would happen in your marriage? What would happen with your children if you finally believe there's greatness on the inside of you? Amen. See, the vision that I'm about to share with you, the church I see, it's about you. Now, many of you have a hard time believing that because you didn't come from a church that made it about you. 
You came from various backgrounds, maybe no church or church that it wasn't about you. You felt used or you felt like you were just a prop or you felt like you were uh, uh, helping somebody else feel good about themselves because you were there. Amen. What I see revolves around you. And it's 100% true because here at IFC and over the last 36 years, hopefully our track record can prove this out. We, the leadership team of IFC, we work very hard not to make it about us. We work very hard to make it about you to make it about your destiny, to make it about your purpose, to make it about God's plan for your life. Amen. Are you ready this morning? The church I see, Habakkuk 2, gives us the platform for this message today. Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3 says, And then God answered, write this, write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. Meaning vision should inspire you. Vision should get you up and going. Vision makes you run. Vision causes you to say, wow, that's good. I want to be a part of that. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming, the compelling vision of the future. It aches for the coming. It can be hard. It can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. If it seems a slow in coming, wait. It's on the way. It will come right on time. Amen. Praise God. Yes, it will. Right on time. The church I see, the church I see is a life-giving church. It's a life-giving church. Amen. Again, Psalm 1010, uh, a different version of this verse says, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have and enjoy life, Jesus says. Have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Let me tell you what I want to be great at. I want to be great at giving life. We want to be great at a lot of things. You want to be great at a lot of things. Why can't we be great at giving life? Why can't we be great at pouring life into your soul? Why can't we be great no matter how you pull yourself in here, drag yourself in here, that you leave here knowing the life, the life of God, the Zoe life of God, amen, was poured into your soul every time you walk through these double doors. Amen. You can't help but understand the goodness of God because of the atmosphere in this place. We don't want to take life away from you. The world does that already. There's so many churches that do that already. Me, man, they do a great job at it. Let me tell you something. If you don't like a church culture that is happy, joyful, fun, celebrating, positive, encouraging, and healing, you won't like it here. You won't like it here. You need to go to that sad church, that church that beats you up every time you walk through the doors, that church that says you're a no good sinner, you're only but a worm, you're no good. God can't use you. Look what you've done. Look at your past. If you can't handle joy and happy and fun and celebrating and encouraging, amen, and, and, and positive and healing, you won't like it here. But if you want to celebrate, if you want to have fun, you want to be encouraged, you want to leave here with a smile on your face and a spring in your step and a song in your heart, this is the church you need to be a part of in Jesus' name. Amen. We want you to feel like Is it Sunday yet? Is it Sunday yet? Oh, I can't wait for Sunday. Oh, man, it's Thursday. That's the kind of church we want to be. That's the kind of church we are. See, most people see church for them. And I get it. This is my church. I want to go experience my church, and I totally get it. And if you feel that way, I'm glad you feel that way, but I want to expand that today. Because a life-giving church is not about just going to my church. I see church differently, and here's how we say it here at IFC. Amen. What is a life-giving church? A church that cares about... No, that's not the right one. Amen. We don't exist just for people who are here. We exist for the people who are not here yet. Amen. See, we don't exist for people that are here. Now, please, technically we do. Don't go anywhere. We'll bless you. We'll help you. We'll minister to you. Absolutely. But there's something that happens to the mature child of God. We exist for the people who are not here yet. Wow. Listen to my heart. The ultimate mission of the church is not just to have a bless me club. 
Get some, sing a few worship songs, uh, hear a stirring message, and go home. The Bible is very clear that once you find God, you immediately have an assignment, a new assignment on earth to reach other people. He blessed us to bless others. He saved us to save others. Found people, find people. This is a very big deal to us because every Sunday we're focusing on connecting with new people. Amen. We're focusing on people who are far from God. We are always making room for people here at IFC, from the parking lot to guest services and how we run Kids World and how we run IFC Youth to what goes on in the auditorium, the sound, the music, the message, and how the building looks and smells, our security. The reason all this matters is that it matters to God. See, God doesn't see non-Christians and Christians. He sees the world, and He loves them all, and so do we, and that's the church I see. What is a life-giving church? Three quick thoughts about a life-giving church. A life-giving church is a church that is filled with compassion. It's filled with compassion. You can read anything about the life of Jesus or understand anything about the life of Jesus. You'll hear something repeated over and over again. He was full of compassion. In fact, one dime in Luke chapter 1, a leper, a leper. That's the lowest part of life in the Bible. You couldn't get lower than a leper. You couldn't get more unclean than a leper. A leper came to Jesus kind of timid and kind of questioning Jesus. If I, know you, I don't know, but if, if, if you will, make me clean. Jesus did something very remarkable. He touched him first. He didn't ask to be touched. You don't touch a leper. He touched him first. He affirmed him first. And then he said, I will be thou clean and healed the leper. In Matthew chapter 9, we see Jesus being moved because he's in front of a large multitude of people. And he's moved with compassion. And when he was moved from compassion, he didn't see a group of people. He saw confused, helpless, harassed, distressed, and dejected people. See, the attitude of a life-giving church is no perfect people allowed. No perfect people allowed. If you're perfect today, you won't like it here. You need to go find one of those perfect churches that don't exist. Because as soon as you go there, it won't be perfect anymore. As soon as I started pastoring this church, this was a very imperfect church. Amen. If we are doing church like Jesus would, then every segment of society should be represented in the room. Come on, somebody. That's the church I see. If all we have is a bunch of cookie-cutter Christians, we need to change the way we do church. Amen. What is a life-giving church? It's a church where freedom is their culture. Amen. Our central motivation every time these doors open is to give you the life-giving nature of God. He's a life-giver, not a life-taker. He wants you enjoying freedom in every area of your life. In fact, Galatians 5.1 makes it very clear. It says this, It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's why He came. Freedom. Freedom. Cultivating a culture of freedom is a, freedom is a high priority here. Getting you free, keeping you free means the world to us. Here at IFC, it's in the very air we breathe. Breathe, and you breathe in freedom. It's in the air. It's in the water, <laughs> right? It's here. You walk on the property, freedom rings everywhere because that's our culture. We don't solve people's problems for them. We give you the tools to solve your own problems. I'm not here to solve your problems, but I'm here to give you the tools. Because if you've got the tools, you can always solve your problem. If I keep solving your problem, then you'll never know how to solve your own problem. If you don't know why it's broke, you'll never know how to fix it. You'll get that at three o'clock in the morning. Amen. Let's move on. The church I see. The church I see is a place where we discover our gifts and use them to serve others. 
Everyone here in the room is hardwired by God with gifts and passions. And you'll never be happy until you fulfill uh, and discover what those are and you use them. Nothing on earth can satisfy you like understanding why God made you and how He made you. 2 Timothy 1.9, again in the Message Bible, it's just so good. God saved us. Step one in your spiritual journey, right? Then what happens? He what? called us to this holy work. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea. A gift prepared for us in Jesus long before he knew anything about it. Wow. Listen to this statement. It's a total game changer. It has changed why I do what I do. It has changed why I so want to walk in the gift that God has called me to. Listen, are you ready for this? I don't know how ready you are, but here it comes. God had an assignment for you first, and then he made you. Wow. Then he made you. You know what that means? That means you'll never be fulfilled until you understand your assignment. That means you'll never walk in God's highest and best until you understand your assignment. That means you'll never make the money you're supposed to make. Have the significance you're supposed to make. Have the joy you're supposed to make. Have the, have the for with all about all that God has for you until you understand your assignments. I've never had more joy discovering my assignments and walking in every season with expectation and faith. Amen. So that means, that means what's more important than even you is your assignment. Because you are not the real you until you understand the assignment that God has for you. Man, that's powerful. Oh, that's such a game changer. I got to move on. I could preach about that for a while. Pastor Jonathan, how do I know I'm really making a difference? How do I know if I serve, I'm really making a difference? Here's a word, one word. I want you to write it down. Never forget it. Here it is. Eternal. Eternal. See, in other words, if we care for a lot of people, if we feed a lot of people, if we meet the needs of a lot of people and never give them Jesus, we lose. Wow. If we help people get out of their messes and they don't go to heaven, we've done them a disservice. You can't give them their physical needs and not tell them the most important part of what they need because they're going to spend much more of their life in eternity than they do here on earth. We must give them both. That's why it's a joy to serve on a dream team, whether on a camera or in Kids World or in IFC Youth or guest services or in ushering or in, in, in playing an instrument or in a small group. Listen, Whatever it is you end up doing to serve others, you're doing it for one reason and one reason only, so that they meet Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's why we get on the dream team. Our ultimate goal is not just for you to complete a task. No, our ultimate goal is to serve others so well that they want to meet the Jesus that you know, the Jesus that they, you represent. Are you kidding me? Amen. How do I do that? Man, it's through your smile. It's through your handshake. It's through your warm hug. It's through your service to that mom that has that crying baby and those, those children and those students and, and greeting people that might be depressed and on the verge of suicide. And you greet them and you love them and you serve them. And they think, what's wrong with you people? Amen. Who are you people? You're either high on something or high on Jesus. And I know who we're high on. Amen. Amen. Why do you want, to, want you to serve? Because that's how people come to know Jesus. They need to meet you. They need to meet the Jesus in you. That's why we serve. That's the church I see. Amen. The church I see turns followers into leaders. I've learned over the years that it's much easier to gather a church full of followers than to train a church full of leaders. A church full of followers might be more in numbers, but you'll get less done. And a church full of leaders might be less in numbers, but you'll go farther, faster every single time. See, the church I see is full of leaders. In fact, here's what the African proverb says. It's powerful. It says this, an army of sheep led by a lion will defeat an army of lions led by a sheep. 
You might have to read that a couple times to get it. You know what that means? Great leadership always wins. Great leadership always conquers. Great leaders always defy the odds. Great leadership always goes the extra mile. The answer is leadership. The answer is to grow and to train and to equip leaders. Amen. And I know right about this time, you know what? It's people, they start making excuses. They start thinking, I don't know. You don't know me. I don't know if I don't think I qualify. This is right around the time where you start making excuses. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't understand the skeletons in my closet. And let me tell you something. Here's what 1 Peter 4.10 says. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. We're all unique. None of us are wired the same. Why? To use them well to serve one another. Wow. See, most people look for reasons to disqualify themselves for leadership, and the reason I believe that they do is because they have the wrong definition of leadership. They start at the wrong spot. And they can't get there from here because they don't have the right understanding. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. That means every one of us are leaders. In your home, on your job, at school, in your university, amen, in your neighborhood, it's all about influencing others for a worthwhile cause. It's not dependent upon titles or positions or even, in the beginning, natural abilities. It is dependent upon people discovering their passions, their gifts, using them to make a difference in the lives of others. If anybody is an authority to talk about this, I am. I was an average student. I didn't take my education serious until I got into my later years of of college and and then after school. Amen. I I, I dealt with tremendous self-doubt and and poor self-esteem. Let me tell you something. I would have not picked me to be doing this job today. You know what my answer to that is? But God. But God. And that's your answer too. Why does God do that? Because God uses broken people. God uses people that that they didn't expect to be used by God. God loves blowing your mind. God loves using you. God knows that it might not be the resume that is everybody wants to read, but God knows how to use people who have a willingness of a heart and a desire to grow and a desire to make a difference, and God can use you. All you need to be is available. Amen. You might not have ability, but he's looking for your availability. Are you available to God this year? That's the church I see. How do we do this? Two main ways. Real quick. First of all, next steps. You hear it every Sunday. Our four-step growth track that meets weekly after each service. And there's where we introduce our mission. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And there we explain how we do church. There we give you the opportunities of becoming a partner of IFC. We take you through a, 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 a day of understanding your gifts and your passions and what you love doing. And, and we, we show you why we love small groups here at IFC and why community is so important. And then we introduce you to the many opportunities to use those gifts and passions so that you can join a dream team. We believe it's so important that you know our mission, that you received a card when you walked in here, our mission, our core values. You need to know who we are when we bleed. How do we bleed? And it's all right here. Please hold on to that. Read it over and allow it to be a blessing to you. In fact, I recently recorded four new, brand new videos Four next steps to make it even more effective and more exciting. Those start next week. And so all four weeks, you'll get part of that class where I will speak to you and challenge you. It's awesome. Amen. And the second way we do this is Victory Bible Training Center. Our part-time two-year training center. Year one, we discover who we are in Christ. Year two, we learn how to lead. Can I be honest? Sunday morning is not enough to make you a disciple. What's a disciple, Pastor? A fully devoted follower of Christ. Amen. You need to get beyond the Sunday morning experience. As much as I love Sunday morning experience, there's so much more when you join a small group, when you, when you go through next steps, when you go to uh, victory. I'm telling you what, your life will never be the same. Amen. The church I see, let's move on. The church I see is a cross-cultural, multi-generational, economically diverse church. You know what that means? We celebrate variety here at IFC. 
man, I am forever grateful for the gift that God gave us here. It happened from the very beginning. Before we even were a church, when we were a Bible study, God blessed us with this. This is a slice of heaven. Amen. Over 50 different nations, four generations from every walk of life, a loving community working side by side for the cause, a, a common cause, the cause of Christ. And I look forward to recording more of your stories this year. We want to hear your story because we believe every one of you have amazing stories of how far you've come and the distance and what you've gone through. And we would love to hear your story. We are international and we are family. That's the first two main parts of the vision from day one. The Lord said, be a family church and be an international church. And so we've worked hard at doing that. This year, we'll be doing much more opening up our arms and reaching the next generation. Pastor, what do you mean by the next generation? Do you mean that our kids and our youth? Absolutely. I absolutely mean that our kids and our students, we want to resource them all the more. We want to be able to make sure they have everything they need to, to be successful. But really what I mean is, is that generation between 18 and early 30s, our millennial generation. Well, Pastor, why are you, why are you amplifying them today? Why are they so important? Because there is no other generation that's walking away from church and their faith more than the millennial generation. I believe I, we have some most amazing millennials here at IFC. It's one of our growing numbers constantly because I believe, and I'm grateful for that, and my heart is here because we want to resource you. We want to equip you. We want to train you. We want to help you reach your generation. And you know what? It's going to take all four generations to reach them. Every one of you are important to reach this generation. Every one of you have an assignment, and we need to be faithful at doing that today. That's the church I see. The church I see, amen, is a radically generous church. Amen. One of our reoccurring dreams is distributing hundreds of millions of dollars through the hands of IFC. That's my dream. That's what I see. Amen. And I'm grateful for the millions that have flowed through our hands. But I'm not satisfied with a few. I believe there's hundreds of millions of dollars that are supposed to flow through the hands of International Family Church. When we sold our property in Winchester, we were able to tithe $1.3 million. I learned firsthand it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That money went all around the world. Let me tell you something. What an amazing privilege. The event stretched me, expanded me, put a taste in my mouth, put a vision in my heart, made my dream explode of the possibilities that can happen if we just trust God. Amen. Over the years, we've given millions and millions of dollars to projects home and abroad. Think about the $5 a week that we challenge you to give towards missions. You know how much money that is over a year? If we all would give the, the, the price of a Starbucks to missions every week, that alone is hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh my goodness. Think about that. I love Proverbs 11, 24, 25. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are blessed. Let me tell you something. The world of, the, of IFC is getting larger and larger. What do I mean by radical generosity? How many think it would be awesome to give some well-deserved single moms a brand new car? That's what I dream about. How many think it would be great to remodel a disabled vet's home? How many think that's a well-worthy dream? How many think that it would be well worth saving some young girls from some sex trafficking? How many know that would be awesome? 
Amen. How many believe it'd be good for us to dig some water wells where children are dying because of waterborne um, diseases? And, and, and come on, somebody. How many believe it'd be, it'd be well worth our while to pay off some mortgages of churches and ministries so they can obey God and do what they're called to do? How many know it'd be great to buy some property so we can build churches and we can build schools and we can build... Uh, hospitals and infirmities and uh, different places that could be a place where we can grow. How many know, amen, that there would be an awesome thing? I want you to know something. I would pray somebody might know somebody from Home Depot or Lowe's that would say, uh, we have a church that would love to have some, uh, some building supplies donated so they can remodel some homes. Come on, somebody. There might be somebody here who you, you, you oversee, manage, own a, a, a dealership. Amen. We can work together to get some free advertisement and throw, put some cars out there for some well-deserved people. Are you hearing me this morning? It doesn't cost anything to dream. I, I, I release that and put my faith on those things right now. In the name of Jesus, I call them as our present possession in Jesus' name. In fact, I believe there are some businessmen and businesswomen here in this church that know it's time to be giving off the top. That you have a desire to give. You've already settled the prosperity message. You've already settled the whole poverty thing. You've already got rid of that religious spirit. And you want to be givers. You want to, be, you want to give on a level of giving that would help sponsor and grow and make a difference in people's lives. We're going to start that group this year of men and women, businessmen and businesswomen who say, I want to be a part of that. I understand the power of giving. I understand the power of money. I understand the power of financing a cause for the honor and glory of God. Hallelujah. Our combined generosity has helped people all over the world. What a blessing to be a blessing. Thank you, International Family Church. Come on. Thank God for all his many blessings today. Hallelujah. We will walk in radical generosity this year. That's the church I see. The church I see is making a difference in our surrounding communities. It's hard to explain the joy and the sweet satisfaction when we were able to deliver the $20,000 we raised oh, right before Christmas to give to the three charities that we gave to, it was amazing. I can't wait to do it again to represent you and to see their faces. You saw the video. It was wonderful, but we just don't want to drop off checks. We just don't want to take some heartwarming video and walk away. Amen. Generosity is more than money. In fact, on Saturday, July 14th, write the date down, it's National Serve Day. And so we here at IFC will be mobilizing hundreds of us to only go to those three charities, but multiple communities around here to serve and to bless and to build and to clean and to paint and to, and to serve. And could you imagine all of us in bright colored t-shirts, hundreds of us, I mean, just invading our surrounding communities? That's what we do. That's the church I see. That's taking the church out of the church. That's bringing the church to, the, to our communities and loving them. Stay tuned for more, more information. That's the church I see. The church I see is sending and planting churches. If you were to dig deep in the formation of Jonathan and Verna's uh, uh, foundation, you'd discover a big heart for missions, local and foreign. I lived on the mission field. Not only am I a PK, a preacher's kid, but I'm an MK. That's a double whammy. A missionary kid. I lived overseas. Verna and I both have done short-term missions. Amen. Months, month at a time. We met on the mission field. She was going to be a junior in high school. I was going to be a senior in high school. We met in Monterey, Mexico with 37 of us that stayed over a month at this orphanage and built buildings and cleaned and served. And, and I liked her right away. She just kicked me to the curb. She wanted nothing to do with me. But guess who won? Uh, hallelujah. So mission has played a very important role. Amen. In our character. Mission has changed our lives. See, I want to raise up people that are called to stay and finance those that are called to go. And I want to raise up those that are called to go. 
to train and equip you and send you to the parts of the world that you're called to. We have two mission trips planned this year. Ecuador in June, led by our young adults, and then Thailand in November, led by our missions director, J.C. Noah. You'll hear more about that. I see raising up pastors and sending them to plant churches. I see churches that are struggling to keep their doors open, and they run to us. They turn to us and say, here's our building. Here's our resources. Please come help us. We want to be alive again. We want to change. Amen. And I clearly see that this one campus here in North Reading cannot contain the thousands of people that are attached to our assignments. Hallelujah. We will establish life-giving churches and campuses throughout New England. We've always said north, south, east, and west. You know, all we're waiting for is the green light. The vision's there. The dream's in our hearts. The desire is there. The people are being trained. Amen. There are many of you that will help us start other campuses. It is time that we establish these life-giving churches. See, that's the church I see. Just a few more and I'll close. The church I see is a word and spirit church. Right from the very beginning, this church was established on the integrity of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, we say it, we contend for both. A lot of places, the pressure is there, just the word, that's all we want. Other places, we just want the spirit, but we need both the word and the spirit because you put them together and we grow up. Amen. You put them together, and that's the power. That's who we are. That's who we've always been. I love our passionate praise. I want to see our passionate worship and our continuous miracles. And in passionate worship is where we encounter a good God. It's in passionate worship that you hear God's instructions. You understand the difficult challenges of life and answers to life come in worship. Worship is not a song we sing, but a life we live. That's the church I see. And the church I see is a praying church. Amen. See, that's the source of our power. Prayer connects us. Prayer guides us, protects us. God moves on behalf of people who pray. That's what we've been doing for the last 21 days in our prayer and fasting. And I believe your life will never be the same. You've set the ceiling high of expectation of what God wants to do this year. Our last night of corporate prayer this past Friday night was an amazing example of what happens when people pray. It was awesome. Amen. That's the church I see. And last but not least, the church I see dares to dream God's dream. Dares to dream God's dream. Don't let me see all this by myself. I dare you to come dream with me. I dare you to come dream with me. You and I look through this building and I walk on this property. I look from afar at this building and I I think, God, this is amazing, this miracle. Paid in full, $7.1 million. No mortgage on this place. I think only God can do that. Only God can make that miracle. I look at that and it makes me very content, but I'm not near satisfied. I walk in the lobby and I see things that are done, things that are not done. I'm very content when I walk around but I'm not near satisfied. Amen. I go to the second floor. I see a beautiful cafe. I see certain things. I walk through kids' world. I see things that are done, things that are not done. I'm content, but I'm not near satisfied. I go to the third floor and I see 25,000 square feet of nothing, just, just an open space that, that where our kids' world expansion goes and where IFC youth belong. Amen. I'm content that we have that space, but I'm not near satisfied. I go to the fourth floor and see another 25,000 square feet of open space where our offices and and boardroom and media suite and missions department go. I'm content that we have that fourth floor, but I'm not near satisfied. When you look at your life, are you satisfied? I'm not. I'm not. There's so much more God wants to do in our lives. So much more God wants to do for you. So much more He wants to do in your marriage, your business, your life. So much more for you personally. So much more for your family. Amen. Be content because the Bible commands us to be. But you don't have to be satisfied. Wow. I'm not satisfied. And it's all going to change in Jesus' name. In fact, next week I start a new four-part series entitled, I'm Not Satisfied. Amen. 
how to live the life God intended. We're going to talk about dreaming and why you don't dream and what happens that steals your dream and, and, and how to dream God's dream and what it means to dream God's dream. Stay tuned because it's going to be amazing. My last scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him today? Then it's about time for your eyes to see. It's about time for your ears to hear. It's about time for your mind to imagine. I know my time is up, but I'm not done. And since I'm up here, you're stuck. Doors are locked. Just kidding. Do me a favor. Put your hand on your eyes. Put your hand on your eyes. Father, I command these eyes to see like they've never seen. May they see what God sees. Some of you don't have your hand over your eyes. May they see what God sees. May they not be moved what they see in the natural, what they see right in front of them. May they see beyond what they see. Give them eyes to see. Show them your plan. Put your hand on your ears. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command these ears to hear. Hear the voice of God. Hear the plan of God. Hear his strategy. Hear his way of doing things. Ears hear, not the natural sounds, sounds that get you all riled up and create drama, but the sounds from heaven, the sound of a loving God, the sound of a good God, the sound that, that you hear that brings hope and joy in your life. Now put your hand on top of your heads. Father, I command their imaginations to imagine. May these imaginations no longer be used for instruments to sin, instruments to get him in trouble, but may they be instruments where dreams are fulfilled, where seeds of God's miracles are planted in the fertile soil of an imagination turned over to God. May they begin to see in technicolor your plan, your dream, painted on the canvas of their imagination. Let them see the dream so much so they can't get away from it. Let them see the dream so much so that they are compelled to believe for it. Now put your hand on your heart. Father, I command these hearts to be enlarged, to grow, to open up the circle of its love, to welcome people that are far from God, to welcome people that are different than you, to welcome people that need Jesus. May we have the biggest hearts on the planet. May these hearts be generous and these hearts obey. May these hearts grow and enlarge day after day after day with God's plan and God's purpose. May these hearts never, ever shrink back to selfishness. And it's just about me. If necessary, do a heart transplant for your honor and for your glory. Wow. See, in order for this vision to become a reality, it requires all of us to get out of the stands, into the game. Fulfill your purpose. God's brought you here for a reason. It's not by accident that you're here. Look at me. Here's my call to action. Can't hear a message like that without a call to action. If you've not gone through next steps, you can start next week. Get in next steps. Hear about our mission. Hear our heart. Start next steps next week. If you've started next steps and haven't completed, complete it. Finish next steps. You can get those this coming month. If you've finished next steps, but you're not a part of a dream team, let this be the year. Let this be next month where you join a dream team because it's time for our team to expand. I'm believing for 200 more dream team 
individuals that need to join our team so we can obey God, so we can do all that God's called us to do. And the church I see is 100% tithers and offering givers. I want to challenge you. If tithing has been an issue for you, it's been hard for you to understand the purpose of giving a dime on every dollar to God. I want to challenge you to open up your heart to God and you talk to God about it. Amen. And you realize it's a heart issue. It's not a money issue. Amen. If every one of us tithed, if every one of us gave offerings, you know there would never be another special offering needed to be taken. We'd have more money to obey God. We'd have more money to go around the world. We'd have more money for the cause of Christ. Amen. We would lack for no good thing. Amen. Amen. I challenge you. Step out. I trust God. Put your faith in Him. I double-dog dare you to dream of what God can do. If you'd begin to serve, if you begin to give, if you begin to be generous, if you begin to tithe, and you begin to do all that God has for you, I believe that this is the year that we don't sit any longer that we serve. It's a place for you here. Let's make a difference. I believe God wants to move the mountain in your life again. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Come on, raise those hands towards heaven today. The church I see, I pray you begin to see it with me. I pray you begin to see what God sees. You'll see even more. You'll see other things that I don't even see. That's the beauty of community. Come on, raise those hands towards heaven. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your patience. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I see you move. You move the mountains. And I believe. I see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe. Come on, sing it today. I see you do it again. Come on, believe it. This is your time. You move the mountains. This is it. Oh, he'll do it again. I see you do it again. You made a way. Yeah. Where there was no way. And I believe. Yes. I see you do it again. I see you move. (laughs) You move the mountains. Thank you, Lord. I see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. I see you do it again. I see you move. You move the mountains. Yeah, move the mountain. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, one more time. Come yeah. on, church, sing it out. I see you move. I see you move. You move the mountain. And I believe. I see you do it again. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a round of applause today. Give Him praise. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, please. You're here and you say, Pastor Jonathan, I don't know this Jesus you're singing about today. I need a Jesus that can move a mountain in my life. I need to be forgiven. I need a brand new start. I don't know this Jesus, and I'm ready to know him. I'm ready to start a brand new relationship with him. I need to dream again. I need to understand God's plan. And it all starts with Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. You can't dream his dream outside of Jesus. You can't dream his dream outside of a brand new start. He wants to forgive you from your sin, give you the assurance of heaven, a brand new start. If you're here today, you'll say, Pastor, that's me. If you're joining us online, that's me. I want to pray for you today. 
I say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me, please. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But you acknowledge, I need Jesus and I'm ready today. Raise it up high. Go ahead. Yes, thank you. Raise it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Raise it up high. Yes, thank you. I see it. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah, back there. I see it. Thank you. Amen. You say, Pastor, I've never opened up my heart to Jesus, but I'm ready. Thank you, sir. Good for you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. Good for you. In the back. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, ushers, for helping me. Over here, yes, that light's bright. Thank you. God bless you. Who else? Raise it up high. Man, this is the time. This is the season. No better time to get to the family of God than right now. No better time to say, it's time for me than right now. Anybody else? Raise it up high today. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, God bless you. I see it. Yeah, thank you, sir. I see it. Yeah, every hand's important. There's room at the cross for you. There's room for you here today. Anybody else? Raise it up high. Heart's beating out of your chest. You know this is the time for me. I'm not going to waste this time. I'm not going to miss this moment to release my faith. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray this prayer together. Join us online. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. Forgive me for my sin. I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. I'm ready to dream your dream. My life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen.